Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taco Dog, joined by the legendary professor, Jet Force Gemini. Hey there, Taco Dog. <laughs> Dang it, I don't know how to respond to that one. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was, it, was it the strong male voice? Did it leave you shocked? It did. I was shooketh. <laughs> So before we get into the nitty gritty of this podcast, we want to just take a second to thank every single person that listens week in and week out. As of this recording, we have just crossed the 1,000 play mark. Yay! Woo! I'm I'm honest. We're honestly really thankful for everybody that, like I said, tunes in and listens because I I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. I did not think that. A lot of people would tune in and like what we were doing. <laughs> I mean, you thought enough that we're we're doing this thing, so <laughs> <laughs> give give yourself a little credit. Well, to be to be quite frank, I didn't think that we'd be going this long into it. I thought it was like, yeah, this is gonna be super fun, <laughs> and then like after ten episodes, it was just like, oh, no one's really listening. So go back to the drawing board. But this is it. This is what we're doing now, and I am. I am super excited. Sometimes you just need to know that someone's going to be there. That it when it's not me that's that's farming plays. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to goodness listeners. Yeah. So, if you're if you're new around here, welcome. We are a Pokemon Go PvP podcast that centers around the Silph Arena's grassroots esport known as Factions covering the lower tiers from open all the way up to bronze tier. If you're not new around here, well, I hope you're enjoying the break that the Sylpharina has put us on after the fourth bout. So as all It's it's kind of like spring break, kind of. It's a very late spring break to be quite honest, but I am here for it. So, as always, we're going to go ahead and dive into some Niantic news. In which case, there was Reggie Alecki raids on Easter Sunday, and I didn't do any of them except the, the two 5 o'clock ones because all of the festivities had concluded. What about you, Jet? Uh, we were we were still going strong at 5 o'clock, so <laughs> I was glad we got out for the literal one 11 o'clock raid that I could find anywhere in the area. I definitely think they might have overcorrected a little bit from Reggie Drago because every all of them were at eleven, and then yeah, that's it. I I was I was leaning toward because the eggs didn't pop up until much past the twenty four hour mark <laughs> that they they just populated that way to have most of their timer still like it was just part of how they ended up pushing the button. <laughs> They forgot to flip the switch again, is what I'm guessing. <laughs> I feel I feel I feel so bad for for your Oceania, where it's just they don't even have a makeup date for the first one yet, and the second one also failed. Yeah, eventually, the trainers out in Oceania will not have a bunch of bugs and glitches and errors. How many years are you gonna tell them that, Taco? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a. I guess this is as good a segue as we'll get with in-person events, where it it feels 
especially if, if you're somewhere that is essentially the the guinea pig side of the world that <laughs> have like it's just it's just not worth it most of the time yeah i really and truly don't know what to say at this point other than hang in there trainers if the raid nerf and the box increases and the box nerfs and everything else under the sun that has happened in 2022 and 2023 where Niantic took a whole bunch of L's, just maybe, just maybe, they'll get a W. If, if we're also, if we also have room to talk about features that I am outraged because we didn't have them in the more closed version of campfire it's it's that i got so trained into thinking that you had to be basically all the way zoomed in on the map to see anything that as soon as i saw the screenshots coming out of people with their whole the nearest gym for me is 40 miles away screenshots and literally they had the map could fit 40 miles on their screen i i was a little perturbed i i could see how that would be a little upsetting especially because well niantic also rolled out campfire for globally for everybody now it's no longer in a quote-unquote closed beta or forever in beta i guess but the the main issue i'm having with it is apparent so i have the the notification set to friends or nearby but for some reason, mm-hmm. I'm still going to get a notification that somebody lit a camp, lit a flare at a gym five kilometers away. And I know that's really easy to do on a bicycle, but... <laughs> yeah, what is what is nearby? Well, for me... Can I, yeah, can I decide what nearby yeah, is? So for me, nearby is like three kilometers or less. For the Americans, you punch that into Google. It's like two, two and two and three quarters of a mile but anyway semantics aside that that's pretty nearby but like putting a flare five kilometers away and getting a notification for it to where i either have to a get in a vehicle and drive over or b get in a bicycle and ride over i have no problem doing either but it's just like no that's not nearby if i have to if i have to ride or drive across town that's a trip I might as well get groceries or get some food while I'm out there. That's my only gripe about Campfire. Or my biggest gripe of Campfire right now. We'll go with that. Uh, I guess I'll provide potentially another another plus. Okay. To 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 those those nearby notifications. Like obviously I'm I'm ignoring most of them because there's way too many, but just the the amount of new names that I'm seeing, as as far as uh, I feel like for for a while, I, I could tell I could tell you with some confidence that I, I figured that I knew most of the the community, and just to go through an entire holiday weekend of seeing one name I recognized, <laughs> Light of Flare is just like okay, so. This could be really helpful for the people that never made the Discord transition, I guess, but just just kind of that reminder of how many players there are that really haven't engaged with the community aspect yet, and maybe this will work for them, or maybe they'll... <laughs> I, did, I did also see an article header about people 
getting mugged <laughs> responding to flares oh where it's like oh good it's it's lures all over again it's 2016 <laughs> but, again <laughs> yeah uh it's like oh we learned nothing good or the the people that were, were going to use it for for evil have jumped on it within the first day good 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 this is why we can't have nice things that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah well, and, and just like the, the response from the article or even, I mean, there's no official Niantic response because, you know, why, why would they give themselves or like act like anything didn't isn't going according to plan? But the response from the article is just like, plan to attend these things in a group. And if, if you're like, the people who need this the most are the solo players. <laughs> it's like, I... I, I require a body protector to play a Pokemon Go. Or at least have a quick getaway. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah, you know, just Iron Man it. No big deal. <laughs> there was... I, I did meet a few people, and there was some new players in my in the park area that don't abide by the treaty that we set. So I was like, hey guys, so I there's three teams here that are represented. Let's divvy up the park. And they're like, oh, we just thought if it was any team and we just wanted to get coins. And I'm like, oh, don't worry. I I also think that as well. But, you know, there's three teams here and there's there's 18 people here. Let's let's divvy this up to make sure that everybody at least gets coins. You know, like eight hours, we'll knock you out. We'll let the next team go in. But I will let you know that if you try to if you try to throw me out after 10 minutes, I will get on my bicycle and come back. And I know I see you don't have you're on you're in walking. So. I can move back out here faster than you can walk over here and not break a sweat. <laughs> well, and I mean, you, you bring up you bring up a good point that I was thinking about also with all this, where it's it's easy to forget in the pre-COVID world how much elitism there was just even around rating. Like, I, I'll I'll table the, the gymming part because it is what it is but even 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 after losing the team related aspect of raids like it's, it feels like such a step backward as a community like really felt like oh we're can include everyone because i know that i can assemble an avenger scenario and just make sure that we get the raid done and then i don't i don't care if there's some level 20s jumping in or whatever right but now <laughs> i guess to, to circle back to campfire like i did the 11 o'clock raid right at 11 and then went home to you know like keep prepping for actual easter stuff and i was seeing notifications from that gym all the way up until 11:29 of people oh. that just did, didn't understand the culture right like if if you're not a person that played and especially if you didn't do ex raids where that was just the understanding was unless you have a big enough group to do it and you're like in communication with them like your go-to solution is be there five minutes ahead so that you can definitely get in that first lobby yeah i'm not gonna lie on a bicycle kind of trying to get everybody that's like walking to the gym I kind of feel like a little bit of a herder sometimes. I'm like, come on, let's go. We got this. And they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm the guy that lit the flare that brought you all here. And they go, oh, you're Taco Dog. I'm like, yeah, hate me later. Come on, let's go. I, I, I don't want, like, my biggest fear is making sure that everybody get, my biggest fear is making sure that, or is seeing if somebody was unable to get to the raid because they were lollygagging too much. 
And they're like, why are you rushing us? And I was like, because watch, as soon as the as soon as the the timer hits zero, um, or the health reaches zero, we are all walking across the park to do the next one. And they go, wait, why are we doing that? That's so quick. And I said, we only have thirty minutes to do this thing. We can't just like lollygag a little bit. Like, come on, go. And so my my little brother ended up going, like leading the group. And they're like, "Where's? How do you get to the other side of the park?" And I said, "Follow the trail." And I was just there on the bicycle, just like, "Come on, let's go." Kind of, it was like it was like a little bit of a herding cat scenario. Mm-hmm. But I think I made some friends, and they're like, "Wow, this was really efficient." I said, "Yeah, I, I do this a lot." <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like he's done this before. <laughs> and they go, "Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Discord." We do a lot of raid stuff. We coordinate a lot, and we try to knock out as many raids as possible. And then a lot of people will go, "Oh, there's a Discord." I said, "Yeah." If you go here on Campfire, if you go to this community, we have a link to it here. So a lot of people ended up joining that day. But and, and to me, that's that's a perfect handoff. But you you need point people like that in order to make it happen. And I I just I wonder <laughs> if it's not just. Uh, well, I don't know exactly how to how to finish my thought, but on on the plus side, you have a map for everyone now, and I, I guess that was my other reaction to people saying like, "Oh, I only have one gym within forty miles." Is that uh, <laughs> just the idea of of never having had access to any kind of map by now <laughs> is is already a very different kind of player, right? The even even people who were doing kind of the large gym takeovers at least kind of had rudimentary maps that they were using, right? Yeah. And so them seeing all that information for the very first time, like I can see how, how that would be jarring. Like it, it's obviously a eye-opening experience, but I, I, I do hope that there's some just consideration made for rural players after this where it ties back into what i was kind of getting at last time where it's it's one thing if you limit the raids it's it's another that oh so this this will actually be my last thing is i I found out that just starting a raid counts as one of your five if you're doing a remote so if you fail that raid you, you and it's like your fifth of the day you don't get to rejoin <laughs> oh that is that is awful yeah so so anyway that's that's the kind of thing <laughs> that that needs to be tweaked like immediately right like it needs to be five completed raids <laughs> yeah it needs to not be just oh you attempted especially once they've made it more expensive like <clears throat> that that had to be the worst feeling. Oh, I feel so, I, my heart goes out to those trainers that were unable to do. They were unable to get their passes, and especially if it was after the fact. And if you try to sub, willing to bet, if you try to submit a ticket to Niantic, they're gonna go. Here are some handy raid tips. Number one, make sure you have enough players. Good luck, trainer. No, you can't get your your money back. Ha ha. But no, that that would be. Actually, no, I wouldn't put it past Niantic to do that. my my goodwill with them has kind of been eroded a little too much this for 2023 but i'm not going to be too negative about it we're going to focus on the positives here (laughs) yeah so anyway that's that's just my lead in for my my wish list remains the same like if if this is if this is our reality i really like it if 
you also are filtering out players who can't join remote raids, etc. Right. Alrighty. So, with our thoughts on... Of course, we're always late to the party because Niantic likes to announce things after we record. So we're always going to be late. We can go ahead and move into the open tier bout for Sylph Actions. Bout 4. So, top five matchups. Fearsome Frostlass continues their win streak against the Northeast Battlers Buzzwolves. Fearsome Frostlass took a 12-9 victory. Weedle Knievel had a very strong showing, but was unfor- unfortunately lost to Zero to Hero Gaming, 10 to 11. Just top left slams the Home Slice Hooligans, 17 to 14. Michigan PVP wins 11 to 7 against Team Beginner to Winner Part Part Doe. Now, sharp audience members will notice that it's not best of 21 in this one. At the time of this recording, there may be an open dispute, or the final battle was not was not taken care of yet. We don't know. All we are gonna, all I'm gonna say on it is, Michigan PVP won, but this might hurt them in the long run when it comes to promotion based off of battle wins. And finally, Roslark Bow dominates. Remember the Armaldo, 19 to two. They really did bounce back against Zero to Hero. I forget which which of the matchups was the one that was super lopsided points wise. This week was that or in general? Yeah, it was roast. I just I thought I thought there was one that got kind of pulled up out of nowhere. No, it was it was this week the nineteen to two. The other one was roast lark bow and bout bout mm-hmm. one beating. They they would have both had two weeks or two wins going into this week. I thought there was one that was like a. Maybe it was the Michigan PvP matchup? Um, well, they have 51 wins in total now. They're one win ahead of Zero to Hero Gaming, but they're 10 points behind Just Top Left and Fearsome Frostlass in total in total wins. <laughs> I mean, I mean their opponents. So oh. The, the beginning winner part two. Yeah, they're at zero. That was the one. Okay. Oh, that's what you meant. My bad. Okay. I, I knew I knew there was one mismatch that was part of the Swiss nonsense already starting, and I was I was just trying to remind myself which one that was. So. Gotcha. Okay. So quickly diving into Weedle Knievel's matchup. This is the first time that they took an L. Alrighty. So Dark Answer went up against Cashian Cashino. 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 Cashino twenty. Dark Answer brings Shadow Swampert, Toxapex, Shadow Alolan Ninetales, Shadow Machamp, Pidgeot, and Chestnut into Sableye, Obstagoon, Venusaur, Walwyn, Drapion, and regular Alolan Ninetales. You know, we are. Uh, it looks like Dark Answer is continuing the trend of bringing at least three shadows to the matches. Yeah, this is. I was, I was going to say this is an exact repeat team out of Dark Answer. This is. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately, last week they took a 1-2 loss, and it looks like they took an 0-3 loss in this one. So right off the bat, we have a strong showing from... I wonder if that Alola Ninetales on on Dark Answer's opponent's side was a charm. Because it looks really good in this matchup. Actually, no, I take that back. Powder Snow and then having... Psyshock looks really good as well. 
I mean, the, the yeah, the only hard answer to a little nine tails here is, is tox effects, right? Like the the shadow swamp is still is still good, but you're, you're definitely gonna chunk it. Yeah, still <laughs> either 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 way, and there's yeah, there's no ice resist outside of the quote unquote mirror because the, the dark answer is the shadow. But um, I feel like that if anything is just putting more points possibly into walrine as well like obviously there's two fighters over there but well also when when, when you know ice is, is at least gonna hurt one of the three right and then also kind of looking at it venusaur looks can be very threatening with that sludge bomb and frenzy plant combo going into swampert i'm gonna assume that the alolan nine tails had powder snow but it's already kind of squishy as a shadow and then Sludge Bomb into Chestnut would be neutral. Venusaur getting. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with what I think Dark Answer should have run oh. <laughs> on his Shadow Nine Tails. The when he's running three Dark types. The, oh, you think he has he has the one catching as has the one actual Charm Resist in Venusaur. So I feel like that was the the window. And then just kind of to flip it back around, uh, as long as he could handle the tox effects, like that, I feel like is is maybe the the more impressive aspect of getting the three zero here. Gotcha. Because I know the Walren can with earthquake. I'm not sure how much a return does to tox effects, and and or if the Alolan Ninetales got if the regular low nine tails had enough energy to fire off a size strike or a size shock excuse me it doesn't it doesn't do very much oh, okay like talk specs is pretty tanky and then just the fact it's a non-stab size shock i see okay but on 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 paper i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say i'm i'm slightly confused by the score that <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there was. You can't just say this was on team builds, right? The there's 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 too much, too much of an of an opening for either side. I think to dilute the fact that this 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 look this looks like just a a nice sweep. Yeah, I'll agree on that one. Also, sometimes I forget that Drapion is a dark type, but I do know it is a poison type. And I have to remind myself every now and then, like, no, Taco. Grapeon's a dark poison, not a bug poison. I don't know why. Chalk it up to when I was a kid and playing Diamond and Pearl. Anyway, so. <laughs> Moving on into the the Justicar field. We had Charmanderson going up against... Yes. And so... J3... Jang, J- one of those. Jang, Jangibri. I'm gonna say Jenga, just way out of left field somewhere. <laughs> Trainer Jenga. But I'll I'll learn lead speak eventually. So I do have to say this is Charmanderson's first loss. Unfortunately, we I guess we gave them the commentator's curse. They are now ten and two. In a very dominant, uh, still a dominant showing in the Justicar field. 
Charmanderson brought the Charizard, Gengar, Komo-O, Luxray, Walrin, and Scrafty team, which if I'm not mistaken, it's the team that he they have yet to change. They did swap... They swapped Nihilego. One, yeah. They swapped out Nihilego and put Walrin in. So we finally have a change, and this is what it's showing us. So never change. No, that goes against everything that I've said. However, Jenga, Trainer Jenga brought Scrafty, Galarian, Slowking, Tentacruel, Drapion, Ninetales, and Komo-O. So with, looks like, two Pokemon weak to Shadow Charizard. Kind of want to know. I think that the Galarian Slowking was running Confusion for the Gengar and Komo-O. And then you really... On Charmanderson's side, the only definitive answer for Scrafty I'm seeing is either Komo or uh, opposing Scrafty, it looks like. I'm not seeing a hard answer for Luxray or Walrein. Well, maybe Walrein a little bit if you can. Well, Scrafty can. Scrafty can check Walrein, can't it? Yeah, it's it's not a fast matchup or anything, but you get to ramp up with the with the pup. Gotcha. The one I'm surprised a little by, just that we're seeing more of in just a card in general, is is Ninetales, and it seems to be kind of a tankier replacement for Charizard <laughs> now that the the Slow Kings have have moved in, and then in some cases. I've I've seen teams that are running both the Galarian Slowking and Slowbro. Yeah, kind of doubling up on that surf damage. And I'm just I'm wondering what if anything we can learn from the Ninetales showing up, like what they're trying to cover. It's like obviously it's it's better into the electrics. The electrics and steel types definitely. And you do have some moveset flexibility just with having the potential for like a Psy Shock or a Solar Beam, but the only beam target I'm seeing is the Wall Rain. <laughs> Unless they went And and that's that's yeah, that's already neutral to fire, so you're still you're still good for for overheat at that point, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I think the nine I think Ninetales specifically is there correct me if I'm wrong, but grass types aren't allowed in just a car. Oh gosh. Now I need to pull up the actual Justicar <laughs> thing. So I'm gonna assume that they're they're not allowed. But Ninetales it's just not specifically mentioned, but I mean there are grass types. I see. It's just that that's a secondary type. Oh. Okay. Anyways. So going back to this um, matchup. <laughs> I wanna say that what gave trainer Jenga the victory was a combination of the Galarian Slowking, Komo-O and Scrafty as a safe switch because the the Galarian Slowking just looks really really good into Charmanderson's team if you can keep it away from the Scrafty now if it's a, if it's a hex user and it, built, and it builds up to the future site well then heck I guess that's a little bit better. I don't know. I'm kind of seeing. I'm getting some switch arm, Swiss Army knife vibes from from Galarian Slowking. 
Yeah, like, I guess the, the Luxray matchup is okay, right? Unless it's specifically just the Shadow that does better against it. Right. Yeah, so I guess I guess that is one of the drawbacks of not having the Shadow Luxray, but it's it's not like Charmanderson is is any stranger to fighting Galarian Slowking at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is that is the Justicar after after bout one has been Galarian Slowking. So it, it'll be interesting to see how they how they adjust or if if they feel like it was it was just a, a one-off sort of sort of deal right and yeah just just looking at the the nine tails like it's it's rated pretty highly it does lose to the charizard and some of the other common suspects <laughs> but for a lot of them it's it's at least taking a chunk out of stuff so it can maybe be looked at more as as like a pivot Pokemon and enable its partners that way. Gotcha. Okay. Because yeah, there's there's not really any big obvious wins outside of like the Verizion and Galarian Wizzing, Weezing. Yeah, the, the sword, the Swords of Justice Pokemon definitely. I'm not gonna say they make it hyper condensed, but they do. If you can, if you can neutralize them, I guess the rest of the team kind of falls apart because you have to spend a lot of resources trying to get them off the field. Yeah, and that's that's kind of one of those like, do you expect them to show up kind of things? But yeah, the only the only adjustment J three ended up making going into this week was switching out Skuntank for the Galarian Slowking. So, well, it's good that. I, I, I wonder if if Justicar is, is quickly becoming not not exactly an ember, but <laughs> it, it feels it feels like a meta that's becoming tiny adjustments as opposed to big sweeping changes week to week. I was just about to say, why you got to bring Ember into this? <laughs> ember will be a poster child for a while. How not to build a self meta? Question mark. Or just how how Niantic changes can can affect what what you what you uh, what you built when you were off on your own for a while. <laughs> True. Okay, so let's move on to the Master League. So we had Jesus Blue One go up against Dazed and Confused. Here we see the return of the Mega Gengar. We had Dazed and Confused bring Melmetal, Machamp, Excadrill, Florges, Hydreigon, and Mega Gengar into Mega Pidgeot, Xerneas, Gyarados, Yveltal, Ursaluna, and Kyogre. So I'm not really seeing a a place where Mega Gengar can safely hit the field. With it looks like checks galore against Jesus Blue on Jesus Blue's side of the field. Yeah, this is this is the most dedicated <laughs> Gengar counters we've seen lined up. I think, like obvi- obviously, the the Gengar can still take some advantage of of Xerneas, especially, and then Ursaluna is kind of a weird one, and and Kyogre is, is okay, but those Pokemon just have such high stats in general that they can still. Yeah, just kind of looking. I mean, Ursaluna and, and Mega Gengar matchups a little weird because. You're doing. You're both are doing double resisted damage to each other, 
but Ursaluna has access to high horsepower, whereas Mega Gengar has to build up to to either do a focus blast or just kind of sludge bomb, yeah. probably. I mean, it does generate energy faster, but yeah. I mean, yeah, even Sludge Bomb is resisted, so <laughs> you have to go in for either Psychic or, or Focus Blast to hit for better than resisted. But yeah, even on that aspect, the Xerneas can do a lot of damage into Machamp. I had to think for a second. Yeah, it can do a lot of damage into Machamp, and even Ursaluna can do damage into Melmetal and Excadrill because they resist... They resist Exodrill's charge moves, and Melmetal, the only thing you have to worry about is that superpower. Into what? Oh, for when Melmetal hits, when Melmetal builds up to the superpower, you have to kind of watch out if you have Ursaluna on the side, mm-hmm. because Ursaluna could land a high horsepower and it's GG game over. I do like how I do like how the steals were looking on on Dazed and Confused side. Yeah, they. I I have to give that. And then Kyogre can also kind of double up on Excadrill a little bit. I wonder uh, what Shadow Machamp can do here. Doesn't look like it can do much. If it has, if it has access to Bullet Punch, it can do give a lot of fast move pressure on Desernius. But if it has Counter. It can go neutral into Mega Pidgeot and super effective in Ursaluna. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's also an okay pick outside of the Pidgeot Xerneas. So obvious, it's it gets a little outbulked by by the Kyogre, but at least it's it's worth good chip into most of the team, which is which is nice. Okay. But man, the fact that Dazed and Confused was still able to pull off a victory without the use of Mega Gengar. I find that really impressive. Yeah, and, and I wonder if that becomes a becomes a little bit of a dare, right? Like, when, when you're looking at essentially half of the team being dedicated Mega Gengar answers, it's like, you won't bring it. <laughs> <laughs> Watch me. Yeah, and then you know, it, it, can, it can turn into that scenario of you get too comfortable assuming that it won't show up, and when it does, turns out it can still do damage. Yeah, that's that's the scary part for me. But alrighty, so that is a good a good wrap up of that one. You ready to move on into the Arcana slots? Yeah, let's <clears throat> let's. I was <laughs> I hadn't even opened it yet. I was gonna say let's see how many tyrants we see. <laughs> I started <laughs> laughing because of course there's there's two in the first first matchup. Well, there's three in total. Not to play spoiler for you. Well, I see four. One made it into Catacomb, uh, but we, we can go back. We to won't it. talk about that yet. <laughs> so in the Arcana, in the first Arcana match, Flywalker went up against Skoten Five One. Flywalker brings Shadow Honchcrow to be the glassiest of glassiness. Haunter Malamar Superior <laughs> next to Haunter. <laughs> <laughs> I bet this Sorry. team got an F in bulk. Just from these two Pokemon by themselves, I, I have I have to say that at least. <laughs> Malamar, Superior, Pelipper, and Tyrant into 
Malamar, Chestnut, Tyrant, Mew, Pelipper, and Defense Form Deoxys. Wow. And the scary part is Flywalker was able to win with the super hyper attack weighted team. <laughs> yeah, every every Pokemon not named, I think, superior on that team is his primary attack. <laughs> So but when 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 the three shared Pokemon between the two teams are Malamar, Tyrant, and Pelipper, that's something. Oh my goodness! However, actually diving into this a little bit, Honchkrow can do a lot of damage into Defense Form Deoxys and Mew with Snarl. Does it get Wing Attack? No, think think. <laughs> So it, it doesn't get wing attack. That's a good thing. So with Snarl, it can really threaten the Mew. However, it does have access to Sky Attack and or Brave Bird. So take, do with what you will with that information. I choose life on this one. Haunter can also double resist the, double resist the, or not double resist. Yeah, double resist the counters from Defense Form Deoxys. But it will only single resist the chestnut, but it will take super effective damage into Malamar. Today I learned that Mew wins the one shield against Shadow Hunter. Does it really? If if it's running in Surf. That is some wild stuff. Surf does sixty-two percent. Yeah, like I said in the beginning, the glassiest of glass cannons. Well, <laughs> I was surprised, because again, Honchko is rated pretty highly, but then look at the key losses, and Gengar is also on that list. <laughs> Where it, it seems like if you get outpaced to the second charge move, it doesn't matter what the charge move is, even a shadow punch will KO you. Should should I laugh? I'm gonna laugh. That's okay, it is right on the nose as far as the damage on the sim, so could be could be a little IV dependent there, but man, <laughs> yeah. Save save your haunch crows for this is the time to use your haunch crows, especially if you're up against the... me. <laughs> yeah, the non <laughs> don't don't put them in even shields unless unless you know you outpace. Fair. Okay. Wait, superior also gets access to aerial ace, right? So okay, so hear me out. And this might be a bad idea, but Frenzy Plant, Aerial Ace, Superior. I think that's standard, yeah. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. I thought it was always double grass or triple grass with Vine Whip, Frenzy Plant, and like Leaf Storm or something. It's Leaf Tornado, which is the grass Octazooka. Okay. And I mean, it can be a, <laughs> it can be a lot of fun. I've, I've played that in the past, but it's it's kind of like living and dying on the coin flip. Oh, and here that it, even as bad as aerial ace is, it gives you enough coverage to be worth it. Well, I was gonna say because you can use aerial ace to dish out a lot of damage onto that chestnut that would take double super effective damage. Yeah, exactly. That was my only thought behind it. And then of course frenzy plant for Malamar, Tyrun, Pelipper. 
Yeah, Frenzy Plan is still an incredible move, and it's it's the bulkiest Pokemon on his team. So it's not saying I, much. I, I, I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, today it's not it's it's not saying much, but I mean, yeah, Sur- Superior is 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 bulky in general, and when when you add Frenzy Plan to that, it's it's a nice little Pokemon. The the problem is obviously there's there's a few things that can hard wall it and. Luckily, they're not really here. <laughs> so, so I mean, you're you're gonna get you're gonna get a good amount of mileage out of Superior, and just based on this build, I think most of the time you were forced to bring it anyway, just just to have a pivot that wouldn't die immediately. Like <laughs> Tyrant is is famously um, just just good enough for this meta, right? Where there's a lot of its matchups where it ends up winning a CMP die and KOing with Dragon Claw, which is it kind of is the one shield hero similar to in the Polkadot Cup, how the, the Swoobat is looking. Like I will build a Swoobat just to spite you. And I will bring it to <laughs> all three of my games just to prove a point. Oh okay. like I did like I did with with beware when they said i don't know if beware is that good does it really deserve number one and the only thing i ever did was superpower go burr enough said i think i think the world learned its lesson about beware (laughs) yes it did and you know i'm i'm still that crazy person that oh yeah there's some don't you have to bait with beware it doesn't have bait moves you just just superpower it's like it's like that old YouTuber says, just use fireball. Just fireball everything. Just fireball. Explosion. And this one, just superpower. That's it. That's how you play Beware. <laughs> anyway, I think I think there were good options as soon as you factor in that the superior is, is looking pretty good. Speak. And... There's, there's almost no reason not to run Superior Pelipper, and then you can kind of fill in the blank with whichever of your spicy attack picks you want <laughs> in the back. <laughs> Let's say for simplicity's sake, they use Shadow Honchkrow with Dark sure. Pulse and Brave Bird. I think they want Sky okay, Attack. Dark Pulse and Sky... Does it really matter at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I think Sky Attack can nearly one-shot a Tyrant with the Shadow Bonus and Stab. I mean, may- maybe you're right. Maybe you just <laughs> maybe maybe you you treat it like like Beware. You just it's it's only the new. And there's no self debuffing, so you can do it every single time. But yeah, I, I feel like you you kind you had to catch the rotation on. Scotton's end to to make that work and and so getting a win there I think was was impressive. Yeah, that is that's very true. Okay, let's move into the second Arcana slot. We had Dubzilla go up against Elizabeth Emmy. So Dubzilla brought Tyrant, Haunter, Ferrothorn, Jumpluff, Mew, and Runarigus into Gyarados, Mew, Pelipper, Kafarigus, Chestnut, and Malamar. Dubzilla was able to take a 3-0 sweep on this one. And let's see. Double ghost, double grass. Into double water. I think this one came down to which lineups it was able to do. 
And you know that Ferrothorn had to be running Thunder. And then Jump Fluff for Chestnut. Yeah, the, the grasses look really good for Dubzilla. Actually, you, you would essentially win with just Ferrothorn and Jump Fluff and then put Mew in as a as a Swiss Army Knife or Runarigas to soften them up. Or or even go the, the Tyrant route. Like, there's, there's nothing that it won't take a good chunk out of either. Yeah, I hate Tyrant in the Arcana field just because <laughs> neutral or better. Yeah, well, and we know we know Gyarados does well into it, but it's it's not getting away for free and is going to be about out of gas by the time it sees whichever grass they decide to bring in and farm it down with. Yeah, and especially with Ferrothorn having access to Thunder being able to one-shot Gyarados and Pelipper with that double super effective damage. I just I don't see a reason for Ferrothorn to run any to run to not run Thunder this week. Yeah, I mean just just to have neutral into Chestnut would be the the argument I think for for going the steel route, but I mean the only thing you really have to watch out for is Malamar with superpower and maybe Mew if it brought flame charge. Or any other fire move, for that matter. Yeah, and, and like Pelipper and, and Kofa are okay. Like it's not like they're gonna slouch, but it feels like Elizabeth had to run Kofa. Does Tyrant get access to Crunch? I don't think so. Okay. I think it's it's pretty locked in on its move set. Okay, because I was gonna say if. That would have been my second option because my first option would be Haunter getting off those shadow punches because you can yeah. you can outpace Kafergrigus. I believe is you can get it two only... shadow punches to one Dark Pulse or Shadow Ball, or get really close to it. Yeah, it's it's only other moves are tackle and stomp, so that's, that's <laughs> why you never really see much much variance out of Tyrant. The the Crunch though, Tyrantrum does have Crunch. Okay. But... That's fair. So in this case, we'll give Dubzilla the win because they brought Double Grass and Mew. Or no, Haunter, Haunter. I changed my answer to Haunter. Well, yeah, even even just the Double Grass, I think, was the, the part that was difficult to deal with. And it's, it hasn't really come up very often. I see. That I, that I can remember as, like... I know. I know. We've seen Ferrothorn. It's it's pretty neat that we're seeing a couple Chestnut. Like obviously they're on the same team together. But um, Jumpluff also kind of <laughs> joining in as one of those permeable between the fields Pokemon with both Arcana and Catacomb. Yeah, that's one thing I really like to see. I guess they wanted to do a quick segue. I think Self wanted to do fields that you can bring two or you can bring the same pokemon across to make it like easier on resources or at least some crossover right like there are still enough distinctions to make them feel different and in general it feels like arcana have had a little bit more variability just in in the in the lineups where catacomb you have to go out of your way to break the mold a little bit more just because there's a few standout Pokemon, but oh man, pre-save wise? Okay, I want to talk about Catacomb. <laughs> Alrighty, let's move on to the Catacomb. 
So a sink brings. So a sink fought up against Taylo Lintz. A sink brings Barbarical, Galvantula, Samurott, Alolan Muck, Sudowoodo, and Frostlass into Beedrills, Wireless, Jumpluff, Sableye, Skunk Tank, and Chestnut. So Jet, let's hear your take on the Sableye. I, I really like Sableye. There's a lot of play for it just because there's there's so many Frostlass and Sudowoodo running around. And like we know from from last month's Sylph also with Beedrills, or just with bug poisons in general, that, that Sableye is also a really nice answer for those. And so I've I've enjoyed it quite a bit. I have I have not seen three between the two slots before. It's kind of wild, um, but I like it. I like the I like that direction. Well, because even even though Umbreon is is pretty present in general, uh, there's only one across the four teams this time. So that's kind of opened up. Gotcha. Well, in this case, I do like. And I'm, I'll probably say it later on too. I do like Frostlass from Hasenk's team into Talos Lance matchup, as well as the Samurott and Sudowoodo, because each of them kind of cover each other's weaknesses just a little bit. Because let's because Samurott and Sudowoodo can neutralize each other's weaknesses really well. And that can kind of pave the way for Frostlass to come in and do Frostlass things. And really just the way his team is built, as, as soon as he could deal with Sableye, that was kind of the biggest thorn across his, his usual lineup, probably. Here here we see a Zwilus pop up. I think I, I talked about it a little bit, just where it kind of sits in a weird spot where the Dragon Breath damage is really nice, but because it's most reliable charge move is is body slam it loses to things like frostlass which feels weird for a dark type where it's it's not fulfilling that role um and so sableye really looks like the only firm answer okay well i mean zwilus in itself i wouldn't consider it like a quote-unquote a real dark type because it's kind of filling a more attack style and so I would kind of put it more on the side of dragon because it's one of those dark types that loses to Frostlass because of its dragon because of its dragon typing whereas skunk tank Umbreon and I get I mean Honchkrow can't really beat it so we're not going to count Honchkrow but it's like the defensive dark types can be Frostlass, but the offensive dark types kind of have a little bit of some trouble with it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I was trying to remember too how the Skuntank does into Frostlass. I know it's kind of iffy, and my my memory is clouded because <laughs> back when I, I played that matchup a decent amount, there was still the swap bug so yeah it it gets outpaced on the one shield that's what i thought and it's so it's it's in evens it's only barely winning the zero okay so that yeah the i think i think the frostlass was a little too unchecked here um and it's worth it's worth pointing out too that uh 
Taloy didn't bring a rock type, which is also interesting. Pretty pretty much the face of Catacomb is is the fact that rock is by and large unresisted. We have we have Chestnut to be the the flag bearer for the but not me side of that <laughs> statement, but right. But just even kind of I, I I think that I think that hurt this time especially, and I hope they've learned that they maybe need another frostlet. Like being that weak to frostlet, I'm I'm surprised that they took a game. Like again, I'm back in the in the seat of like I feel I think just based on the teams, like I I would understand a sweep here. That ma- that does make a lot of sense. However, one thing I probably will point out is I think that they forwent the the rock types for the double grass because looking at the other side, I'm seeing three Pokemon that are weak to grass and depending on what Alolan Muck has, whether it be Snarl or Poison Jab, that that can be checked by a, by a superpower from Chestnut and or a drill run from Beedrill. And I think that the, the play, or what Halo was trying to do, was just soften up the team with the, the double with the double grass to let the dark types kind of roam free a little bit, but it looks like it backfired in this case. Uh, it's also worth mentioning this is where Hasank made their first big team changes. They they ran the fir- the same team the first three weeks, and this is their first time that they came out ahead. So, ah. all right, it's good that they did their homework. But probably contributed. <laughs> yeah. So okay, going into the last catacomb slot, we are having RJ go up against Mad Potter TTV. And RJ brings in Milotic, Barbarical, Chestnut, Tyrant, Beedrill, and Sableye into Skunk Tank, Chestnut, Barbarical, Jumpluff, Umbreon, and Sableye. So once again, we're seeing a triple dark team into a double water team? Double water, double rock? And this is one of the first times that we're seeing no Frostlass in a matchup, too. Where they're they're full making the swap from Frostlass to Sableye, which is which is really cool. I see. And that's honestly in this instance, Frostlass probably would not have been a good Pokemon to bring into a triple into a triple dark core or yeah, triple dark core. But kind of looking at kind of looking at the way that the matches end up, I'm a little surprised Mad Potter was able to pull off a two one victory over RJ. What what surprises you talking okay. about? Okay, so, and maybe if I talk it out, I'll, I may understand it. So, I'm going to focus a little bit on Chestnut and Tyrant a little bit. So, Chestnut can obviously beat Barbarical. It can, it is more attack weighted. It's pretty, it's pretty beefy and can kind of hit like a truck. So, if you, Superpower and Frenzy Plant are going to do a lot of damage. And I think Skunk Tank is going to take neutral damage because of that poison typing to resist fighting. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Milotic that has Dragon Tail, so it's going to be unresisted damage across... The, it's going to be neutral damage across the board. And then it has Blizzard. Okay, now hear me out. They Blizzard if With Blizzard, you can threaten Chestnut and Jump Pluff. 
but the biggest catch is you have to give it an energy lead or else you're not going to get to it. It would kind of be the same for Tyrant with Skunk Tank, Chestnut, Barbarical, or Tyrant with Dragon Tail into Skunk Tank, Barbarical, Umbreon, and Sableye. That's what kind of confuses me a little bit. Um, so the one Pokemon that I would point to on Mad Potter's side that is pretty dang helpful is the jump bluff. Mm-hmm. Just be like you were even describing the the melodic beating it is is kind of the the long shot scenario. So jump bluff into energy both energy ball and acrobatics can beat barbarical chestnut bee drill tyrant my look oh so it, it runs into a little bit of, of trouble that we've talked about before where you can in in the more neutral matchups commit it to taking out almost almost a sableye like sableye it looks like is getting away with single digit hp in the one shield mm-hmm. yeah uh and then but it loses the other shield scenarios so that kind of becomes the showdown right <laughs> similar similar to the reverse when we talked about the first catacomb slot for frostlass uh, kind of having a, a super good look into the team it's it's the other way around for mad potter's jump bluff here okay that makes yeah that makes a lot more sense now and then <laughs> when you have Umbreon to back it up, you have the two tankiest Pokemon in the entire field standing next to each other. <laughs> so you, you get a little bit more room to breathe. And when there's not an Umbreon on the other side, you can also feel pretty safe bringing your own Sableye. Well, all right then. So... so Mad, Mad Potter had a lot of bulk to deal with, or, or just to kind of feel feel safe, and it was it was really up to RJ to to find a win con to to break that veritable wall of, of HP. <laughs> okay, so today I learned. Alrighty, so fortunately, I'm really sad that Weedle Knievel was taking their first L of the season, but now kind of breaking in, breaking down how they were, how they lost, I kind of understand why now, or why now. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel some, some kindred emotions uh, lo- losing 10-11 here. But I'm not, we'll bring that up later in the episode. <laughs> I'm still sad, but you know, the show will go on. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of just the name of the season for yep. us. Okay, so as we mentioned at the top of the at the top of the show, we are the Silph Arena is currently on a break, so we don't know. And because Open is Swiss format, we don't know who they'll be fighting, but we can take some very educated guesses. So, in the Swiss format, the top players will end up the top teams end up playing each other if they have the same amount of points. So in this case, there are four undefeated teams left. Just top left, Fierce and Frostlass, Michigan PvP, and Zero to Hero. It is a thought process that Just Top Left will play Michigan PvP, and Fierce and Frostlass will pay will play Zero to Hero. Those are the only guaranteed ones, I think. 
<laughs> yeah, some some version of those four teams playing each other is going to happen. And then don't even get me started on the one-loss teams. I will not. That's just going to be too difficult for me. No, it's it's good we had an even number at the top. Yep. So that's our wrap-up and semi-preview into open. Ready to move on into iron? Mm-hmm. All right. So in the iron tier, the two undefeated teams have stayed undefeated in Sub-Zero and Grievart Underdogs. Both have won with a combined score of 28 to 14, or 14 to 7 apiece. Grievart Underdogs beat Nagorius Bastons 15 to 6, Sub-Zero over Island Guardians 13 to 8. The Queen Bees beat the recently relegated Swell Sprouts 12 to 9. Dojo Comrades get upset by NMPVP 9 to 12. Congrats to NMPVP. Y'all are doing some awesome stuff. And finally, Gumi University beats Testudo Skills 14 to 6. Yeah, one team didn't set their lineups again. <laughs> and it was. It was in the Justicar field. Oops. Big oops. Okay, so let's move on to the Queen Bee's slot. So, Bowling Bacon once again took up the Open Great League and brought Pelipper, Jellicent, Medicham, Frostlass, Alolan Ninetales, and Mew into Milwet's Registeel, Pidgeot, Trevenant, Surfetch, Jellicent, and Probopass. Not gonna lie, that Probopass is pretty wild. That's a, that's a fun variation on, on Double Steel that I'm sure is influenced by the fact that you can't use the normal combo of Registeel G Fisk. Yeah, Double Steel is an interesting play. But with with Double Steel, Double Ghost, and a Flying, you, you've you've kind of got ye old. I dare you to bring the Fighting type situation, <laughs> <laughs> similar to the I dare you to bring the Gengar. That's fair, honestly. Part I was just bringing up the schedule for Iron Tier. So we have, let's see here, that Pidgeot and Trevenant and Jellicent is looking really good to make sure Pit Medicham does not come out to play. I also I also like the the Pidgeot being the the bargain Noctowl in, in this team. Pidgeot, where Mil Milway's team really just it looks like a how can I change my team that I use for my play Pokemon event to fit the the points. <laughs> How can I play Noctowl without playing Noctowl? Honestly, I'd probably make the argument that Pidgeot is better than Noctowl for the sole purpose that Pidgeot can debuff opponents, whereas Noctowl just hits hard. I mean, Noctowl, the, the real advantage is, is you have that neutral coverage into most things. So you can you can at least be dealing damage back where it's, it's not just free farm for whatever comes in. If it's resisted, if it's resisted to flying type, that does right. make sense. Like just, especially after the wing attack buff, like it was, it was good before that. But after the buff, you're pretty much guaranteed two shadow balls still, which is which is crazy. But you know what we need, <laughs> we need a gust buff. If <laughs> if they're gonna keep treating it like a like a legacy move, then yeah, it needs to, it needs some help. Needs some love. Or Pidgeot needs to get access to a neutral charge move. 
BRB looking at Pidgeot charge moves in Bulbapedia. Yeah, even even just a non-flying charge move would be would be nice coverage options somewhere. But to to focus in a little bit more, like I think it's it's kind of a it's 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 a little rough because it's like yeah, you have the double ice to deal with things that would normally the the flyers that would normally give Metatam trouble, but when you throw in Trevenant that can that can also be an issue and then they're they're staring down double steel, it, it starts to it starts to feel hard hard to bring those too, right? Yes, that's very true. So it looks like Millwood just had a lot of bench pressure that made bowling bacon kind of second guess herself. That's at least my thought process behind it. There's there's a lot of RPS where it's there's there are some big wins, big losses present on the table here. Yes, very much so. Uh, it's fun to see Jellicent popping up more, especially after the, it was the one Pokemon that got a buff for the whole season. <laughs> um, hey, Boomer's Flygons, I'll consider that a buff. So I, I like the look of, of something like the the Pelipper Jellison team. Even just while you were reading off the team, though, I was I was thinking that some of these teams are also sounding like Ultra League lines. But true. Yeah, there's also <laughs> there's 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 a crazy amount of steel pressure from Millway's team. Man, Twister is a charge move in Pokemon Go, right? Yeah. Okay. It's bad. make Twister a good move good. and give it to Pidgeot. Or you know, it, yeah. I just, <laughs> I, my my expectations are not high for when, whenever we get more updates. But I, I really hope they get back on track. Like that's that's one of my dreams. Is we have some updates like we did with Bug and Poison, just moving on to another type. I didn't even because I was like looking at Pidgeot's moves. I didn't even notice that. Like, it doesn't really get a lot of moves, and the only, like, decent move it gets is Steel Wing, but that's a fast move, so can't really... Given the choice between Steel Wing and Wing Attack, I'll take Wing Attack until they make Steel Wing a Wing Attack clone. Oh man, do you imagine how happy Skarmory would be? Skarmory would be very, very happy. Anyway, uh... <laughs> My, my my takeaway from this situation is for uh, the both both players were very much in the hot seat of needing to just get that alignment correct <laughs> you had you had very very polarizing matchups here that is very true okay moving on to the justice card we had shadow in going up against totodile homie shadow brought galarian slow king Magnezone, regular Charizard, Cobalion, Drapion, and Komoo into Totodile's Machamp, Drapion, Galarian Slowking, Shadow Ninetales. I forgot to say the Machamp was Shadow. Tentacruel and Gengar. So right off the bat, I'm not seeing Totodile's Galarian Slowking doing much. Again, when compared to Shadow's Galarian Slowking. I just want to make that known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she uh, 
Shadow and Steam has has some more dedicated answers to it, I think. Well, also the Galarian Slow King running confusion can hurt Machamp, Tentacruel, Gengar. And then if you have like Surf, which let's be honest, everyone does at this point, you threaten Ninetales. Yeah, it's 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 basically necessary for it to function. Yeah, so you threaten Ninetales and then Shadow Ball can threaten the opposing Galarian Slow King. Or if you want to win harder against the Gengar, you can run put Future Sight on it. Or, yeah, flop, switch it the other way, Hex into Future Sight, and Hex into Future Sight and Surf, you know, I win. My assumption is that you can beat the Gengar just going straight Surf. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but... We can call it true until somebody proves us wrong. <laughs> I mean, I can I can check for myself fairly quickly. That works. I'll I'll break down the rest of the team. So, yeah, you you don't even need to. Oh, you don't need future. Sight? You don't even need to. You don't even need to throw a charge move. You just throw five confusions. Oh. All right then. Yeah. So, Magnazone. <laughs> we'll, we'll break away from the glare and Slowking for a second. So Magnazone looks like it really only had play against Drapion and Tentacruel because you're trying to like bob and weave against all the other Pokemon that are there. Especially don't want to be lined up against Machamp and Ninetales. Cobalion. Let's see. They have You do Double Kick, Sacred Sword, and Stone Edge is the main play. Yeah, unless you have a reason to run Iron Head, which I don't think Neutral. is here. Neutral into Drapion. I mean, yeah, that's what Stone Edge does already, and it's a better that's move, fair. so... But you said a reason... I gave a reason. It's not a good reason. <laughs> it's not a better reason. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you have to specify that. <laughs> okay. And then Drapion into, well, yes. That Yeah, Dra- Drapion is still doing its Swiss Army Knife thing in Ultra League. And then Como-O, once again, yes. Well, como doesn't look as threatening as compared to like the rest of the team. But it is there to do a lot of damage when it needs to. Uh, well, yeah, on, on, on Shadow Inside, I think just that neutral dragon damage is, is nice. Because there's there's a few matchups in, in this particular round that are, again, pretty polarizing. And there's, there's some of the stuff that makes me suspicious that Shadow Machamp wants to show up or shadow nine tails even and kobo can help with both that's fair all right like obviously obviously galarian sloking can still deal with those but it's kind of the shadows on on toto dial's side or after the supporting cast right the the steel types especially and that was it's a good call when two of them show up that is fair honestly okay and and Charizard Charizard was was okay again. Charizard wasn't a a big quote unquote deal breaker, but it did enough. Yeah. Okay. So in the Master League, we have a, our first sweep. Well, actually, the only sweep. Haha. The only sweep. Emma Five Cents beats Jiggly Dad. That's a name I haven't seen in a while. Emma Five Cents brings the, the face of the faction. Yes. <laughs> Emma Five Cents was able to, or brought Mega Gengar, Gyarados, Swampert, Zekrom, Orange Flower, Florgis, and Ursaluna. I don't know why I said the flower, but it's there. 
into Jigglydad's Mega Slowbro, Yveltal, Groudon, Snorlax, Zekrom, and Hisuian Avalug. So that Swampert over there is looking really good. Swampert and Yveltal looked like they had a field day. Because so Swampert with Hydro Cannon into the Groudon, Swampert with Earthquake into the Zekrom, and Hisuian Avalug. Zekrom into the Mega Slowbro, Yveltal opposing Zekrom. And the only thing that really needed to be kind of double teamed, quote unquote, would be the Snorlax. I'm not because I'm not familiar with that matchup entirely. There's nothing there's nothing really on Emma 5 Sense's team that hits it for super effective damage. Unless you put Focus Blast on the Mega Gengar. But I think the, the Ursaluna, though, is still pretty strong because the Snorlax is relying on that lick damage. Yeah, but you just have to be watch out for a superpower on it, if I'm guessing correctly. Oh, darn. But what can you do? Let us, let us see. I, just, I suspect that the superpower on its own probably isn't enough, and now that um, lick and tackle are the same move... But with Tackle, you'd be it doing means... neutral damage. Against Lick, you'd be doing double resisted damage. Right, and you're getting to the punches and the superpowers at the same time. Oh, neat. because they're the same, ener same energy, so you can at least keep track that way. It's a little easier if you're both running the one-turn moves that are exactly the same energy generation. Mm hmm so yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty lopsided for Ursaluna in that particular matchup. Well, all right, that's that's a good thing to know going into the future. So good on Emma for taking a sweep against Jigglydad. The other one I don't know very well are the Mega Slowbro matchups, just because like I know the thing has an absurd defense stat. But how that translates to Pokemon Go is still not in my brain. Blissey, but can hit harder. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, looks like it barely loses out to Mega Gengar. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it looks like just another tanky boy for for uh, for Master League. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, alrighty then. So. I kind of want to jump into the Arcana slots to see why they, they did not do so well. That's okay. Catacomb made up for it. <laughs> yeah. So in the in the Arcana slots, the Queen Bees unfortunately took an L on both sides, losing two to four. Hurricane Cat going into the Hurricane Kaz and Shagnus matchup. Hurricane Kaz brought Shiftry, Lorantis, Pelipper, Cofferigus, Jellicent, and Tyrant. Into Shagnus's Shadow Honchkrow, Shadow Agron, Shadow Driftblim, Gengar, Tyrant, and Ferrothorn. Shadow Driftblim's cool. This is I think this is the first Shadow Driftblim we've seen in factions that we've covered. Bro I imagine it is. Okay. We'll go we'll assume it is for right now. Unless somebody's listening to older episodes and go, actually Taco. I'm gonna say, look. Sometimes I don't remember what I had for breakfast. <laughs> it is it is a very similar team to what um, 
they ran the week prior. They just swapped Shadow, Alola, Marowak for Gengar. So they're actually down a shadow. They, <laughs> they started out running six shadows, and they've, they've, they've made their way down to three. I think every time they lose, they drop a shadow. I don't know. I could be just making stuff up as I go along, but that's okay. So it, No, they're, they're, they're pretty committed to the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> so in this matchup, the shadow, or sorry, not shadow, the shift tree looks really, really good into... Driftblim, Gengar, and Tyrant, but would probably not want to take damage from Honchkrow and Shadow Agron. The Shadow Agron's an interesting one too, just because those Dragon Tails can add up. Dragon Tail or Smack was, or Smackdown, I guess. I think in this case you would probably want to do Smackdown just to make sure that Pelipper never gets a charge move off. Because you would do a boatload of damage. I'm going to fact check myself on at the same time. <laughs> it looks that. like the shadow helps you pick up the shiftry in the one shield. That? With Smackdown? Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, so I stand corrected. You can... So in the one shield, you can... Of course, if you're doing Meteor Beam Thunder... You can do one shield and win, or you can do two shields and win even harder with Shadow Agron into Pelipper. And you still won't be at like a Meteor Beam or a Thunder. But if you run Heavy Slam, that's a, that's a different case. Nope. Well, you'll have enough for a Heavy Slam, but you only have to do seven Smackdowns to destroy Pelipper. Ferrothorn's looking pretty good here too. Yeah, that power whip is a very or yeah, that power whip is a very deadly deadly move. Being able to hit Tyrant for neutral, super effective on the Jellicent, and a lot of damage that I am learning in my time in the Spring Cup, because I use Pelipper a lot. <laughs> yeah, the the Spring Cup duo of of Ferrothorn Pelipper is <laughs> is is getting very familiar in Arcana as well. I don't use Pelipper in Spring Cup. I use something different. Well, by the time this episode goes live, I Spring Cup will be over, so I guess I can say it. I'm using Pelipper, Trevenant, Abomasnow. And for some reason, when people put... When I swap in Shadow Shiftry... Sorry, not Shadow. When I swap in Trevenant and they swap in the Fire Fang, Shadow Mawile, they never shield the first move, so I always launch a Shadow Ball. I love GBL sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> back to factions. So anyway, the Honchkrow looks like it had some play with, once again, having that, like being able to threaten Sky Attack into Shiftry, Lurantis, Pelipper, and then Dark Pulse into Cofagrius and Jellicent. But of course, Shadow Honchkrow cannot do it all. So you have to back up. You have to back it up with either Ferrothorn or Tyrant, maybe Driftblim too. Get those debuffs. I also feel like just I I don't know from experience yet, but I feel like Driftblim was one of those Pokemon that 
you could get away with not shielding it a decent amount of the time just because it would still need to throw two moves into stuff to take it out and the shadow kind of might change that. I would probably say it's still pretty bulky in itself because I think this was one of the Pokemon that you really wanted to hunt during the rocket event that I did not get a good one so I couldn't experiment with it. Yeah, I I was so focused on Alolan Vulpix and Joltik and how they were nowhere to be found that I think I forgot there was even a new ghost available. <laughs> That's okay. I'm still waiting to put I'm still waiting to evolve, be able to use mine to see if I'll get a better one or not. I, I guess I can kind of pick up where you left off though and just say I, I do like the idea of having it kind of be a dedicated safe swap in the way that outside of Jellicent, like you're you're okay to just go straight icy wind into this team. Yeah. Driftlim Shadow Driftlim as a safe swap looked really like you said, looked really good. So with that being and go on. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say you you've got then this this whole nice little team of great options to to pick up the slack after something gets double debuffed. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden Hondacrow's feeling tanky. <laughs> That's a sentence I never thought you would say. Yeah, I mean you can you can actually maybe get some energy ahead on that thing. Alrighty, so moving on. <laughs> or 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 force someone to give up switch advantage, which can be just as good. Yeah, switch advantage is yeah, like you said, switch advantage is really good. I like to play it in my strengths and keep my shields and not give up and give up switch because I can really claw out of it. But in the second Arcana slot, a little bit of a of a reversey in the sense of Metaboo versus Vakid Vakidus. Metaboo brings Cofagrigus, Mew, Shadow Agron, Shadow Gyarados, Defense Form Deoxys, and Lurantis. It's a Shiftry, Tyrant, Pelipper, Lurantis, Honchkrow, and Cofagrigus. Right off the bat, we're seeing that Vakidus' team puts a lot of bench pressure onto the Defense Form Deoxys. I bet it still beats the Honchkrow. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. The Shadow Gyarados looks pretty good. Shadow Gyarados hits everything for neutral or better into Vakidus' team. And even then, the Agron, the Shadow Agron with Smackdown destroys Pelipper and Honchkrow. Beats Shiftry in the one shield, but has to be afraid of the Praying Mantis' superpower. He, or Leaf Blade, honestly. So this honestly looks like a matchup that can go either way. With bench pressure being exerted on both sides. Yeah, I will say it's a little harder for Metabo to bring their Kofagrigus into double dark. Yeah. Into double dark. And, you know, the opposing mirror, the mirror Kofagrigus. But the fact that Metaboo was still able to get a victory off of this says mm. a lot. I, I like it. Yeah, I just uh, I think it's it's tough when 
your two tanky options that are really adding the bulk to your team. Like I don't think of Aggron really as, as a very bulky Pokemon, especially since it has the double res double weaknesses to a few things. Uh, and being that fully evolved Pokemon in, in Great League, like I feel like it just misses out on, on stats. And then add on top of that being Shadow, like feels much more like a attack weight Pokemon at the end of the day. Um, that the two shadows look really strong, but then you have your your safety net kind of stripped away. Yeah, that's true. Well, alrighty then. So I'm gonna. That kind of covers the Arcana slot a little bit. Now let's show where they were able to get their points back. In Catacomb, we had Mama Climbs go up against Irod. Mama Climbs brings the Umbreon, Midnight form Lycanroc, Samurott, Frostlass, Beedrill, and Chestnut into Alolan Graveler, Midnight form Lycanroc, Barbarical, Frostlass, Umbreon, and Vespaquin. So both players bring half of the team, half of a mirror team, and that Chestnut has a lot of play from Mama Climbs. The Vespaquin is is super fun though. I remember playing it in original Catacomb and I've kind of been eyeing it just to see if there's potential for it still and what's the verdict? It's 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 extra it's extra fun in this particular matchup, right? Because they they brought the the logo Pokemon of the opposing team. <laughs> <laughs> fair and yeah they've, they've got they've got a couple good targets here because it's such a hard wall to chestnut and then beedrill also yeah i can see that happening but even with that vespaquin loses pretty hard to frostlass or does it not? I mean, you you're the best. You you have more Vespaquin experience than me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a tankier bug in general, but it has that drawback of being one of the worst type combinations in the game, and especially in a rock meta when you're you're double weak to, weak to rock, it's uh, pretty dicey. And and pointing out its wins over Chestnut and Beedrill, like. Frostlass is already doing that, so it's in in some in some ways I wish it had like a lunge to justify it. It only has the attack buffing one. What is that one? Felstinger. Yes. And here you wouldn't even necessarily use it. It's like ye, ye old X scissor power gem is still the way. <laughs> teach us either ways. yeah so i mean yeah it, it does like looking at the one shields like it, it is still good into samurai and umbreon so i mean it has that over frostless umbreon specifically so I, I i think this is this is one of those times where it actually had potential especially you have to obviously watch out for lycan rock being rock throw variant but Outside of that, you're definitely seeing at least one Pokemon that you can wall pretty decently with the best one. Okay. That's a really good insight, too. The Yeah, because that Vespaquin looks like it could put it could have put in a lot of work. 
and being being one of the few tankier Pokemon, like it's it's not a great one to be a safe swap still, even even as good of a look as it has against the other team because it's so rough into the Frostless in particular. But the rest of Irod's team also has a ton of play into Frostless, so. I feel like this would this would have been a really fun one to watch. Like there's there's some unusual picks. There's triple rock on Hot Rod's side, and no pseudo despite all of that. You're right, no pseudo but we are we do have two three rocks on Irod's side. Yeah, exactly. Would it be probably safe to say that pseudo that pseudo might be taking a back seat? Towards, towards some other rocky boys that are coming out to play. I I enjoy Lichen Rock. I, I think Sudowoodo is still overall the most reliable of the rocks and does things that the others can't. But obviously, obviously, it's it's all about the supporting cast that that you feel works to surprise your opponent that week and and that might be the bigger story is why we're seeing more Sableye suddenly and fewer of both Frostlass and Sudowoodo is that's that's what everyone for the most part preps their team for okay but yeah this this looks like it, it would have been such a cool match I would have loved to have watched it but such is the life of a of a wrap-up specialist <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, and we've kind of danced around it, but um, the Lycan Rock on Mama Climb's side, I think, was the thing that Irod had to overcome. Yeah, I would agree with that. With that counter, Psychic Fang, I think Stone Edge. I yep. it, it was a very hard, it was a very hard fought deal. But okay, moving on into DeFi E 250's team and Ten Ryzen or Ryxen. Divae brings a Lolan Graveler, Sudowoodo, Jumpluff, Umbreon, Frostlass, Samurott into a Lolan Muck, Umbreon, Milotic, Frostlass, Barbarical, and Midnight Form Lycanroc. So in this case, we're seeing another Midnight Form Lycanroc, and we are seeing Sudowoodo. But on Defy side, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing a double up. Versus at ten Ryzen side or yeah ten side, I'm seeing double dark and double rock. So these are two very different teams going at it. I was gonna say they looked very similar build wise because I mean you have Grammar and Muck literally across from each other. You have both teams running Umbreon Frostlass. Both have the water type in Milo and Samurott, and then. Yeah, it's, it's just the difference in the double up of the rock types. Barbarical Lycan versus the combo of Sudowoodo Jump Bluff. The fake tree and the plant and the cotton ball thing. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the floater. I think DeFi had a really good call with Jump Bluff into Pylotic, Barbarical, and Midnight Form Lycan Rock. And it had, looked like it had just enough counters to keep the Frostlass at bay. And kind of once you basically once you eliminated the Frostlass, then DeFi's team was free to run rampant, mostly. 
That's at least how I'm viewing it. Yeah, DeFi's team outside of the Alolan Grimers is kind of the the top contenders in, in Catacomb as far as I'm concerned. Like, the Alolan Grimer is cool. Um, it's different enough that, that people won't be used to playing into it. Yeah. But un un unlike the Muck, it, it has a very cut-and-dry moveset, so it's it's just good at the things that it's good at. <laughs> And, like it's it is all right into the Umbreon, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I would I would be surprised if it showed up in this particular matchup. But I think you could actually get away with not running the Alolan Grimer. Yeah, well, and that's that's what I mean. Is it feels more like a mascot pick <laughs> for this particular <laughs> matchup? It's like. It would have had a lot more to do. Like, uh, this is also, I looked and it was uh, Tenry's first time playing this cycle, so they, they hadn't played Catacomb at all. So, like, you're building against the void a little bit when someone hasn't played the slot before. But this is this is a repeat team for, for DeFi. Well, if it worked last time. Yeah, well, and it's and it's it's a team that's it's it's hard to go wrong, right? Like, you have the the five faces of the meta, and then Alolan Grimer in for any of the po other poisons or darks, or or a double up even. Yeah, I, I see that. So good on DeFi. I like it. But I still wanted the Milotic to, to do well enough because, you know, Milotic's a really good Pokemon. And yeah, and I'm totally not saying that because I'm currently walking it trying to max out mine. No, definitely not. <laughs> well, okay. So while you were breaking down that team or that part, I was able to pull up about five that's going on in two weeks from now. And you're not going to believe... Who is fighting who? <laughs> but right now, I just kind of have I to. I know. So in bout five, the two undefeated teams in iron are going to square off in Grievard Underdogs and Sub-Zero. That is going to be a matchup. <laughs> there, there will be one. The Queen Bees are going to be fighting Inglorious Bastodons. Dojo Comrades are fighting Island Guardians. Gumi University is fighting Swell Sprouts. And Testudo Skills will be fighting NMPVP. If I'm not mistaken, I think Grievart and Sub-Zero have fought before. And I'm currently fact-checking myself. Yeah, that was I, that, I think that was their only other loss last cycle. They did. So last cycle, Grievart beat Sub-Zero 16-5. That was... Yeah, that was their, their only other loss. So that's going to be a good match to watch. Hope, maybe Sub Zero is going to be out for revenge, or they will. The correction: they will be out for revenge. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope they show up this time because it kind of felt like it felt easy to write off last time as they they just kind of took the week off. But we'll we'll see for sure this. I was going to say they could. We could just say they were reeling from a, a close eleven to ten battle against Dinair. Don't care that week. Yeah. Well, well, we may never yeah. know. Okay, so moving on into the copper tier, we had two 11 to 10 matchups, and the rest were 
Oh, well, there was one more close matchup, but 40% uh, of the bouts that were fought were blowouts. We had Battle Boys beating Spices Right, 19-2. SoCal Swablu San Diego beat Winter Vortex, 12-9. The Orlando Faction beats the Pokemon, the Utah Pokemon Rangers, 15-5. Pioneer Valley beats Busta Mime, 10-11. And I saved this one for last on purpose. Barktown Boomers beat Diener Don't Care in a rematch from last cycle, 11-10. This... This matchup by far hurt the most out of all the 11 to 10s that we've had. Because it unfortunately came down to a technical issue and we all know we all know this as competitors it leaves a very sour taste in our mouths when we have to leave it up to the referees. I mean it just it just means we'll we'll have to make it more convincing next time. Yep. I have our have ourselves a clean one. I like to claim or I like to claim some of the blame because I threw game three pretty hard with I forgot my crustal had Fury Cutter or had Fury Cutter instead of SmackDown and they swapped in Pelipper. We'll get to that one in a second because break down that one. I had I thought I had SmackDown on my on my crustal for some strange reason and I swapped into a Pelipper and I had no, I had no answer for their razor leaf shift tree in the back. That is that is the one disadvantage of <laughs> floating your fast move, right? Yeah. <laughs> is it, you gain some, you lose some, and then you might even trick your own brain in the process. It it was very unfortunate, but you know my hats go off to my hats go off to everybody that fought. You know, aside from that, our, the newcomer, the newcomer Danny. Well, I guess you know what? we're gonna break down our own matchup. I've I've decided. <laughs> Instead of spattering for a fourth week. But we'll jump around a little bit. So the, the, the funny or the the one matchup I wanna highlight is Danny's matchup against uh, Chef TJ. Danny brought Florgis, Excadrill, Dragonite, Swampert, Hydreigon, and Mega Scizor into Mega Ampharos, Excadrill, Dialga, Florgis, Gyarados, and Kyogre. Pretty similar teams that can kind of change things up a little like on the fly it looks like I want to kind of give a special shout out to Danny because he has not used the same mega week to week and that's pretty that's pretty neat in my opinion the mega Ampharos is another one of those staying ahead of the curve things too right where it feels like it's there specifically as a Mega Caesar or Mega Slowbro answer type answer because you resist the bullet punches or and just kind of flex your flex your electric pecs into especially then some of the more common supporting cast, which has been the Gyarados Kyogre, which they have on their own team. Now, the interesting part about that is Danny Swampert has a lot of play into the Mega Ampharos, Exedrill, and Dialga. So it was very important for TJ to keep those three away from it, which on the videos he did a very good job of. The, 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 in the game three, kind of lining up 
kind of lining up bringing two dragons into a floor just and losing your dragon counter early was not a fun time so we so that is the master league shout out i wanted to give and of course we went over my matchup which was not not the most fun <laughs> were there any wins yeah we could we could check out the wins that utah got over orlando yeah, let's do that. Since that gives us one each of Arcana and Catacomb. Yep. So, going yeah. So in the Pokemon Rangers, Cedric fought Shadow JJ. Cedric brings Jumphuff, Cofagrigus, Jirachi, Ao, Gyarados, Superior, and Pelipper into Shadow JJ's Pelipper, Agron, Metacham, Cofagrigus, Malamar, and Tyrant. I'm in awe of that Jirachi, to be quite frank. And then it's very hard for me not to see that it just went Doom Desire and everything. They do have a couple strong confusion resists or just in general Jirachi checks. Mm -hmm. um, I doubt even the Pelipper matchup is clean. But obviously it helps a lot against the tyrant but uh, it's, it's pretty okay into the Pelipper at least for for oh yeah just 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 barely enough okay <laughs> yeah the, the the one shield's all right for for Pelipper okay. and and yeah that's a that speaks to how good of a move doom desire is it has it has very little to do with and it doesn't what should it doesn't debuff happen based on typings it just doesn't debuff either yeah, it's it's just Jirachi's move, and it gets to be, in some ways, like the, the Metagross of Great League. True. But yeah, the the Kofagrigus is such a hard answer. Same with Malamar. Uh, so you you still, you still have to float around like a a good little wishmaker. <laughs> yeah, because also having Pelipper, Pelipper in this case, Pelipper Jirachi is a really good play and then you could have jump pluff for extra bulk it looks like that was kind of the what sealed the victory for cedric yeah superior looks good again too i'm impressed by the sweep like i don't i don't i don't i don't feel like any of his pokemon were, were dominant enough on their own to just say oh yeah it makes it makes so much sense to me but I do I do think Superior had a lot of fun here. Oh yeah. It's just that 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 frenzy plant hitting for for neutral across the board is pretty handy. And in in general I like kind of the the balance of the build as far as as far as bulk goes on Cedric's side. Like I I think that is going to be a difference maker, especially in, in Arcana. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then I want to talk about the Glalie and Catacomb. There's a Glalie and Catacomb? There is a Glalie yeah. and Catacomb. Oh my goodness. Randomize Mystic. Mystic. Oh, random. Oh, random Mystic. Random Mystic Hick? Misty Chick? It could be it could it could be Chick or Hick. It's on Random Misty Chick. I'm gonna say Misty Chick. 
Well, I mean, okay. I'm gonna say it that instead of Miss Mystic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, goes up against 95th, 95th Reaper. Mystic Chick brings Chestnut, Glalie, Galvantula, Tyrant, Jumpluff, and Umbreon into into Reapers. Beedrill, Grav, Alolan Graveler, Sudabudo, Jumpluff, Umbreon, and Frostlass. What is this? Glalie has, has a nice little list of wins where it's 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 kind of surprising to me that more people haven't gone for it yet because on on that list is is a bunch of the the top pokemon it's kind of gets buried just because uh, in the greater pool it's it's not amazing but when when your key wins list is includes frostlass and umbreon it's, uh, it's 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 enough just on its own, right? <laughs> but yeah, the 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 difference into like the opposing frostlass is you're just you're not weak to shadow ball, and <laughs> so you you kind of get give it a taste of its own medicine. That's fair. I really wanted to see that Glalie in action, though. Yeah, well, and it is just a little bit slower to watch or I mean it's it's not like watching a frostlass because it's running the ice shard rather than powder snow so you're on a, a three turn rotation there but still still not awful it's not like you're stuck on a four turn or anything like that gotcha yeah it knows it gives you gyro ball and gyro ball and shadow ball can you imagine if this thing got explosion just all the all the ball moves but yeah you, i mean you still want avalanche just because that move is so busted but yeah the the fact that you you've got a pretty good look at just the whole right side of 95th reaper's team with glalie like i, I have to bet it showed up obviously tougher time into the double rock but yeah that that just means that you're more likely to see a chestnut uh and Ch- chestnut is one of those pokemon that I, I still don't really know how i feel about because like yeah it, it beats the rocks but it gets beat so hard by some of the staples of the meta like especially frostless and then with how many jump bluffs we've already talked about tonight <laughs> and that are, that, are, that are floating around like it's 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 tough out there for a chestnut. It's like it is, and and with with there being fewer pseudoudos, and then even Alola Graveler, like we haven't talked about very many of those because they, for whatever reason, people are leaning towards Tyrant. <laughs> Tyrant bad. Stop running Tyrant. Re. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're just you're just bitter from Arcana, but yeah, I am. Uh, it it does have a it does have a tougher go in Catacomb, but. I do like seeing my my past opponent take a win here. It is it is nice. I'm glad. I'm really glad to see it because I'm not gonna lie. Copper tier is by far the most stacked tier, and it's yeah. When you look at the when you look at the standings in this tier, it's just amazing. Of like, what is going on here? Do do we want to check out uh, the San Diego Justicar? matchup just to finish out a, a full look yeah 
there's a Togedemaru. That is cool. <laughs> of course there is. So, in SoCal Swablu San Diego and Winter Vortex's team, Peebs and Zo- Zorokas fought. Peeb, Pebs, not Peebs. Pebs brings Togedemaru, Scrafty, Charizard, Victini, Shadow Luxray, Galarian Slowking, and Galarian Slowking into Charizard, Tentacruel, Como-O, Shadow Drapion, Regice, and Escavalier. I love the Togedemaru. I hate the fact that there are counters to that there's two really good counters to it in Como and Escav. Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those weird relationships where you you would think that Togedemaru would be okay in Como just because it's like, oh yeah, it's it's resisting all the Dragon Tail damage and then it can't really hit back <laughs> unless unless you're you're running an actual steel charge move. And then bam, close combat. Yeah, but the the double fighter, and I'm surprised this, that Pebs was able to take a victory on this because Como and Escav, on paper, looks like they were able to do a lot of work into Togedemaru, Scrafty, Victini, and Shadow Luxray. But I want to go check too because has has Zorokas just not run the Galarian Slowking? No, they have. Okay. So they 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 just used it last week and then benched it again. Oh. My guess is they've been they've been really consistent with the Regice Tentacruel. Yeah, Tentacruel's just a really bulky Pokémon in itself. And you know, if you have Shadow Drapion, why not run it? <laughs> At this point, I think you it's pretty much a staple pick in Open Ultra and in Justicar. But Going back to this, I'm going to say that once Pebs was able to get rid of the, the Drapion, it looks like that they were able to get a leg up on the rest of the team, which I I don't know. Like I guess Zorokos was kind of having to prep for Galarian Slowking, and then just that bench pressure kind of made... The battle's much easier, but if somebody, if somebody over there on, in San Diego wants to give us the breakdown on how this, how this was able to happen, because I'm really interested in this one. Yeah, it, it feels like Pebs had to commit to one of their fire types. Like Luxray isn't terrible just because those those nukes will still mess with a lot of the team and then i mean glariot's looking is is the the king of justigar so it's it's yeah how how do you how do you deal with drapion and then you kind of just hope that you have the right alignment in the back i like it like this was this was a fun one and it's is adding some evidence for my my feeling that a lot of the justigar players are kind of setting at least four of their team the same week to week and kind of just doing little changes. That's fair. But yeah, should should we do bronze time or are you gonna preview again? Well I was gonna I was gonna spend a I was gonna preview Hopper for a second. Cause I got the bout five pairings pulled up here. We have in bout five Barktown Boomers fighting Busta Mime. 
The Orlando faction will be playing Dinair Don't Care. SoCal Swablu San Diego will be fighting Pioneer Valley PvP. Spice is Right is fighting the Pokemon Utah Pokemon Rangers. And Battle Boys goes up against the Northeast Battlers Winter Vortex. Just to give a, a quick a quick glimpse of the standings. Battle Boys, SoCal Swablu, and Barktown Boomers are all undefeated. And they, they show no sign of slowing down anytime soon. Because Barktown Boomers isn't going to fight SoCal Swablu until about 7. And then Battle Boys get to fight. Battle Boys are going to be fighting the Boomers in the very last bout. That's going to be a very interesting, interesting set of results there. So, now you're right. It is bronze time. And then there was bronze. Alrighty. So, in bronze tier, Stadium Elite Silver beat N Synchronoise 13-8. Sharks and Wreck beats Bad Mewtwo's also 13-8. The Mighty Thunderducks were able to beat Field Team 6 12-9. Tap and Turtle Squad beats Battle Club Orlando 16 to 5, and Ghost Pepper Dunspice upsets Sea Kingpin 11 to 10. Is this the beginning of the end for Sea Kingpin? Who knows? <laughs> it's, it's all good. They're even now. Okay, so Sharks and Wreck had one, two, three. They had three sweeps, and Bad Mewtwo's had one sweep. You gotta keep up with the sweeps. That's how they win. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, Gordon and the Flash fought Country Nerd twenty four. Gordon and the Flash brought a Shadow, Venusaur, Charizard, and Alola Ninetales, along with Azumarill, Swampert, and Dubwool. Into Country Nerds, Registeel, Azumarill, Alola Ninetales, Jellicent, Vigoroth, and Gliscor. I think it's safe to say that the Registeel would not come out to play. Well, actually, no. Let me rephrase that. It looks like each Pokemon on Gordon the Flash's team covers covers at least two Pokemon on the other team really well. We haven't seen a Zoomerill mirror in a while either, but I, I feel like maybe that's just kind of a, a side note. They they may not have been the main actors here. Granted, Country Nerds Zoomerill has decent play into everything. Right. Okay. So that <laughs> let's see. So Vin- Well, I was I was I was going through the list because that was like Venus Vigoroth Vigoroth just I, I, okay so I, so I think Vigoroth and Gliscor are both su- kind of suffering from the same thing in this matchup which is they have no steel type to hit Vigoroth at least has the the double but and the the fact that there are no ghost types then is kind of divisive right the the Vigoroth gets a little better just because body slam spam into the the shadows is, is always beneficial. Not as good into Azu's bulk, but Vigoroth actually actually feeling halfway decent. But yeah, Gliscor, the fact there are no steals and no ghosts, kind of invalidates it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's still okay into Venusaur, but when you get, I, I'm pretty sure it's it's like 
basically a one-shot uh, from Frenzy Plant, even on the neutral off of the shadow. That is true, and unfortunately in this case, Gla the only thing Glasgow can really dish out is neutral damage and the occasional earthquake on, uh, let me pick something, Venusaur. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, it, it does it does alright into the Venusaur, uh, even just straight Night Slash, which is which is good to know. <laughs> the Frenzy Plague does so much, though. Mm. It just it doesn't have its usual targets is is what I'm trying to say. Um, That's fair and quite honest. Oh, I was gonna say quite honestly the and quite honestly like in this case the I would probably say that the Alola Ninetales on Country Nerd had Powder Snow, but aside from hitting the Venusaur for a lot of damage, can't really do much of anything. Just, just with the overall kind of lack of bulk on Gordon the Flash's side, I will say that um, I still think the the sweep is impressive. Like in in general, sweeps are impressive, but with this particular matchup, I think you still had enough pressure. Like even if there weren't super comfortable matchups for Country Nerd, um, I, I think this is still a noteworthy showing from on from Gordon the Flash's side. Yep. Alright, so I'm gonna move into oh my goodness, what is these teams in in Justicar? Alright, so in the Justicar field, Pokey Gains brings Shadow Luxray and Ampharos, and then Muck, Ninetales, Tentacruel and Glarian Weezing, into Yuri Avengers, Scrafty, Zekrom, Shadow Magnezone, Shadow Charizard, Shadow Drapion, and Como. Now why couldn't So we get we get no, we get no Galarian slows at all. Not in this case, but we do get an interesting take on the meta for Justicar. And Pokey Gains looks like tried to be a bit too spicy. Is what I'm pro is what I'm gonna say. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder what they were trying to read off of Yuri's side. I'm gonna say anti-meta. The Zekrom is is a pretty cool bring, and this this could also be a case of oh man, I shouldn't have closed that window, but of of Yuri Avenger like I don't know if they just finished their Shadow Drapion and that's why no they they had it for Celestial never mind um, they had it for just such an occasion yeah they 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 had it waiting in the wings uh, and. When you make that swap from Gengar to Shadow Drapion, I feel like it just does a more consistent job. It's like, Gengar always feels like a liability. <laughs> yeah, but for some reason, a lot of people like to run it, so... Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those Pokemon that's high up on the, on the ranking list, and it, it feels good to, to one-shot people with Shadow Ball. Is that the only reason why we run it? Uh, pr pretty okay. much, because <laughs> because when when you're in a meta when you could be running Shadow Drapion like a lot of the times I, I think I think Drapion's your friend. <laughs> That's fair, honestly. But okay, so 
Oh man, but yeah, the the double dragon into the the electrics, and then even um, with Zekrom at very least having play into Glare and Weezing still with whichever electric move it's running. Fusion Bolt. Uh, yeah, Wh whichever of those it likes best. <laughs> I I like I like the combo there. Um, Alrighty. So let's go ahead and move into the Master League. Into another 3 Yep. This is just back-to-back 3-0s. Like. <laughs> 3-0. 3-3. So Dale Toon Army, 3-0s, bad hand, 55. I guess they had a bad hand in tennis or something. I don't know. Dale Toon Army brings Kyogre, Dragonite, Mega Charizard X. That's a Pokemon we haven't seen yet. Snorlax, Florgis, and Manoswine. Into Zacian, Zekrom, Mamoswine, Shadow Snorlax, Florgis, and Mega Ampharos. So right off the bat, both trainers bring Dragon Megas. Good job. And then they bring another dragon to supplement that. And then they bring a dragon counter. And then they bring a fairy in flower. And the only real big change is Zacian and Kyogre. I'm kind of getting some RPS vibes on this one. Yeah, and and Kyogre is is good into the not dragons pretty much across the board. Yeah. <laughs> so it, as long as you could juggle the dragons or at very least like bait them out and deal with them, Kyogre can can be your cleanup. And I mean that can also be in the other uh, order, but yeah, Ky Kyogre looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I guess with Kyogre, like you can hit Mamoswine for pretty hard, Snorlax, Florges, and then with Zacian, the only thing you can hit really hard is I'm gonna assume play rough and close combat for this one. Which means you lose the Kyogre matchup. But you're able to beat the dragons with close combat. You can hit Snorlax and Manoswine for pretty decent damage. Well, yeah, and if, and if you're thinking of it as support for, like, your Zekrom and Mega Ampharos, that makes, that makes sense. So that's what I'm going with. Alright, ready to jump in the first of the Arcana Fields? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Z, so Z Wireless fought Kid Goku. I wonder if that's any reference to Son Goku. Maybe that one was taken. Oh well. Z Wireless brings Copperigus, Superior, Pelipper, Shiftry, Shadow Lolan, Marowak, and Tyrant into Kid Goku's Shadow Jump Pluff, Arkin, Tyrant, Shiftry, Copperigus, and Crustle. I'm a little sad that Archon didn't win. Yeah, especially because we, we we hyped it up, I think, two episodes ago. It's it's just one of those wing attack users that hasn't seen a lot of uptick yet, and I think it's in a decent spot. But imagine, for just a second, because I know it gets access to Ancient Power, but a boosted wing attack into from Ancient Power. That sounds pretty nifty. M maybe if the boost was more reliable okay 
But in this case, Superior looks like it had a lot of play into Arkin, Tyrant, and Crustle. And then Alolan Marowak looks like it could have wrapped up Jump Pluff, the Cofferigus, and the Shiftry matchup. I haven't seen as much Crustle today. I think as the, the meta kind of goes on, Crustle kind of gets... What's the word? Crustle kind of gets demoted to from meta staple to not necessarily off meta but like support mon just for the just for the fact that you don't know what it's gonna bring so a lot i guess a lot of trainers are kind of saving it for a surprise yeah it's got it's got kind of a weird relationship with pelipper like you were talking about in your matchup i don't want to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about never but okay, so I'm gonna kind of rapid fire. I'm gonna kind of rapid fire these last three matchups. So Gambino Dragon and Garbage Baby TF2 fought in the other matchup, and in this one, Gambino Dragon brings Cofferigus, Pelipper, Crustle, Mew, Superior, and Shiftry, and Garbage Baby goes full on attack with. Gyarados, Jump Pluff, Shadow Agron, Shadow Latios, Honchkrow, and Tyrant. Now I know we talked to, we've talked in the podcast about hyper offense teams, but this this just takes the cake. Quite literally. <laughs> yeah, well yeah, as soon as as soon as you have Shadow Legendaries showing up, you know they've they've gone all in. And it looks like the the combination with the jump bluff is is actually pretty good this time. Kind of want to steal this team a little bit, but at the same time, kind of don't. But if they got a good did did you did you get a good shadow Latios? It is a roll? it is a ninety four point one percent. It's an eight seven fifteen. Hmm. Well, but the one nice thing is this is their very first factions match ever so good job getting that win yay and taking down a really good player in gambino dragon well and doing it in style (laughs) (laughs) shadow latios you'll be remembered forever you're immortalized here once i ever put that thing up but okay also also in gambino dragon's brain (laughs) yes all right so in the next matchup now in the catacomb field we have garchomp glory and pulsator 27 fighting garchomp glory brings sableye there's your sableye again jump pluff umbreon frostlass sudowoodo and drapion into sudowoodo frostlass lapras umbreon quillfish and jump pluff garchomp glory was able to take a 2-1 victory in this matchup it looks like actually I'm looks like jump pluff was a lot of help with the generalist sableye or umbreon and meteor beam sudowoodo go burr if we had to pick yeah it's it's a it's a pretty even looking one and um quillfish even has has a decent look and gets to in my opinion do exactly what a lot of people thought it would do in the early stages of looking at this meta, which is be a thorn for both Sudowoodo and Frostlass, and then if if you're lucky, get that Ice Beam into Jump Bluff. Like this is actually one of the times where 
Quillfish is, is looking pretty good. Right. But yeah, no no bugs here. So any anything that was looking to take advantage of them is is kind of a little sad. But I think that is really just Lapras. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I do I do like the Lapras here though too. I would say there's not really a lot for. I mean, I like it too. But aside from the jump pluff and the pseudo there's not much for it. So yeah, as, as long as Garchomp fielded the Lapras, I think that was that was the way. But Lapras was on Pulsator side. Oh, okay. He, he fielded it. He managed to keep it from doing too much damage to his team. I see. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so then our final matchup is Jay Johnson and Double O Superman. Jay Johnson brings Drapion, Samurai, Umbreon, Sudowoodo, Quillfish, and Galvantula into Samurai, Frostlass, Sableye, Alolan, Muck, Cradley, and Sudowoodo. So they're definitely doubling down on the double rock in this matchup. And quite honestly, the double rock matchup looks like it was a nice play due to Galvantula coming in, but I would be very wary of the Samurott, Sudowoodo, and Quillfish in, on Jay Johnson's side. Yeah, well, and, and this is kind of a two-for-two two where I, I like where the Quillfish showed up. Um, Galv, also not terrible. I mean, the Cradilly's kind of rough, uh, just because you can't get the mileage out of the, the bolt switches, but Lunge, still super effective. Still, still chunking. <laughs> lunge does lunch things. But yeah, and and interesting, just interesting from the sharks and wreck side that they chose this week as the the Drapion week. They're like, this week has been brought to you by Drapion. <laughs> yeah, well, and that the overall winners from each of the catacomb slots were the ones running Sableye. So I get to I get to continue feeling good about the Sableye hype. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, we all know. You like your Sableye. It's it's feisty. It's it, it does it does a lot. Don't count it out. Fine. Okay. So, with that being said, now we're gonna go ahead and preview bout five. We have oh my goodness, another championship week. We have Sharks and Wreck fighting Stadium Elite Silver, the final, the two undefeated teams left in the bronze tier. Mighty Thunderducks are fighting N Synchronoise. Tapping Turtle Squads fight Bad Mewtwo's. Ghost Pepper Dunspice is going to look to start a win streak against Field Team Six. Sea Kingpin is going to look to rebound against Battle Club, or and Sea Kingpin is going to look to rebound against Battle Club Orlando. They can do it. I'm just surprised that. We get back from break. We have two championship matchups fighting it out. Yeah, they don't they don't get to stay undefeated no more. Yeah, or one of them's not going to. Yeah. And we are honestly going to be all here for it. So, with all of that being said, I want to thank you guys once again for getting us to 1,000 plays. We will be off next week because we didn't have a bout schedule. And we did a wrap-up. We did a little bit of a longer episode to wrap up the this week. So 
Jet, do you have any final thoughts for all of our trainers listening in today? I hope just everyone has a nice pseudo spring break. False spring. What are we in now? Is that what you? I called it false spring last time. This week it's good. <laughs> this week we're in the seventies, like we had, like I had alluded to. It's currently, it's going to be forty-four as a low. Ooh, it'll be eighty-one on Tuesday, eighty-three on Wednesday, eighty-one on Thursday, and then Friday it'll be seventy-nine, and then Saturday and Sunday it'll be fifty-nine and fifty-seven. But that's okay. As I was saying, <laughs> we're in spring now. <laughs> nice. But I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful break. Spend it either training, relaxing, taking some time off. You know, to the to the team to the teams that are currently sitting or currently feeling a little disappointed in their performances. I want to let you all know, y'all have done the best you can. Y'all are excellent battlers, and just the fact that you're you came together, you put a faction together. This might be your very first time battling. Or y'all might be seasoned competitors, and y'all are still finding your groove. It's okay to lose. At the end of the day, it's just a game. Now, when you have four straight eleven to ten matchups, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when you take it to Vanilla Self and you take it out on Polkadot. Exactly. So I want to wish you all a wonderful. We're gonna call it spring break now. A wonderful spring break. Always remember to keep your dragon fangs sharp. Stay away from those fairies and ice types. And until next time, we'll see you soon. See you later. <laughs>